which is the most important player written in the 20th century without a doubt it is samuel beckett's waiting for godot originally written in french it was translated into english as waiting for godot by samuel beckett himself this forms part of now famous theater of the absurd which later influenced other dramatists like harold pinter and tom stoppard other famous plays of beckett who was born in dublin in 1926 include end game crap's last tape and breath he was awarded the nobel prize in 1969 and he died in 1989 in paris before we go into the plot of the play let us look at the characters there are two pairs of repeating characters in the two acts of the play one character who appears alone and a character who does not appear but is a central part of the play let us introduce these characters we have at first vladimir and estragon vladimir and estragon are the two main character of the of the play vladimir is called didi by estragon and the boy addresses him as mr albert he seems to be the more responsible and mature of the two main characters and the next is estragon the second of the two main characters vladimir calls him gogo he seems weak and helpless always looking for vladimir's protection he also has a poor memory as vladimir has to remind him in the second act of the events that happened the previous night then another set of characters who are like a master and slave but which is troubled at the second act pozo and lucky he passes by the spot pozo passes by the spot where vladimir and estragon are waiting and provides a diversion in the second act he is blind and does not remember meeting vladimir and estragon the night before lucky is pozo's slave who carries pozo's bags and stool in act 1 he entertains by dancing and thinking thinking aloud however in act 2 he is dumb a boy appears at the end of each act to inform vladimir that godo will not be coming that night in the second night he insists that he was not there the previous night finally we have godo the titular character the man for whom vladimir and estragon wait unendingly however godo never appears in the play his name and character are often thought to refer to god so let us look at the play act by act at the beginning of the play estragon and vladimir are on the stage there is a tree estragon tries to take off his boot but fails vladimir agrees with him it sometimes appears that there is nothing one could do there is a country road and there is a tree it is evening they seem to be knowing each other for years once perhaps respectable they are now homeless both vladimir and estragon they are homeless they are debilitated and often suicidal they wonder out loud why they did not kill themselves years ago they consider the possibility of doing it today 
they are waiting for someone they call godo while they wait they share conversation food and memories two other elderly men pozo and lucky arrive on the scene it is clear that pozo is the master and lucky is a slave upon command the slave dances and thinks out loud for the entertainment of the others until he is forcibly silenced when lucky and pozo depart a boy arrives he is the only character who comes alone he tells estragon and vladimir that godo will not be there today but will be there tomorrow he leaves and they continue to wait so waiting is major part of the play now comes the second act it is almost the same but the tree now has sprouted some leaves estragon and vladimir are on the stage they are chatting they are waiting for godo and pozo and lucky arrive again this time pozo is blind and helpless and lucky is mute after some interaction pozo and lucky leave and the boy arrives he has the same message as before godo will be there tomorrow estragon and vladimir decides to go but they are again left waiting at the end of the play so this is the general summary of the play the play is in two acts and it's about 100 pages long now let us go for a detailed summary of each of the act the beginning of the play estragon tries to take off his boot but fails vladimir agrees with him that it sometimes appears that there is nothing one could do they are glad to be reunited after a night apart with vladimir's help estragon succeeds in removing his boot which was causing him pain vladimir also in pain cannot laugh in comfort he tries smiling instead but it is not satisfactory so the beginning of this play establishes the relation between vladimir and estragon they know each other and vladimir realizes that estragon is dependent on him estragon cannot even tie uh, take off his boot without the help from vladimir vladimir then thinks about talks about the gospel account that says christ saved one of the thieves estragon wants to leave but they cannot leave because they are waiting for godo they become confused about the arrangements and wonder if they are waiting at the right time in the right place and on the right day they quarrel briefly but then as always they reconcile so when vladimir starts to discuss the gospel it brings up a question of textual uncertainty he points out that four gospel present entirely different versions of the story and wonders why one of these versions is accepted as definitive the question about the reliability of text might cause the audience of this play to question the reliability of the particular text also the repetition of the story by the four gospels also indicate the repetition of the action in the play in the two acts 
Repetitiveness is also illustrated by Estacon's repeated requests to leave, which are followed each time by Vladimir reminding him that they cannot leave because they are waiting for Godot. So there are exact repetition of lines. So each action happens many times over the duration of the play. Estragon and Vladimir consider hanging themselves from the nearby tree. There is only a bare tree on the stage. But decide it would be safer to do nothing until they hear what Godot says. They do not know what they have asked Godot for. They conclude that they have forgone their rights. Vladimir gives Estragon a carrot, which he eats hungrily. They decide that although they are not bound to Godot, they are in fact unable to act. Godot has not prevented them from leaving, but they just stay there. Here one may remind ourselves about the existentialist angst that featured in many of the playwrights during this time. Existentialism is a philosophy that influenced the generations around the world wars which questioned the meaning or meaninglessness of man's purpose in the universe. Bereft of any purpose, man had to invent a purpose to live his life. May remember Albert Camus' famous statement saying that so when Estragon and Vladimir decides to end their life it is a question reflected by existentialists now enters the two other characters in the play, Pozo and Lucky. Pozo enters driving Lucky, who is laden with luggage, by a rope around his neck. So immediately we understand the relationship between the two. One is a master, another is a slave. Estragon and Vladimir mistake Pozo for Godo, but accept him as Pozo. Although he attempts to intimidate them, he is glad of their company. After ordering Lucky to bring him to his stool and his court, Pozo gives Lucky the whip. Lucky obeys automatically. Vladimir and Estragon protest violently against Pozo's treatment of Lucky, but Pozo deflects their outburst and subject is dropped. After smoking a pipe, Pozo rises. He then decides he does not want to leave. But his pride almost prevents him from reseating himself. The tram wants to know why Lucky never put down the luggage. Pozo says that Lucky is trying to make Pozo keep him. When Pozo adds that he would sell Lucky rather than throw him out, Lucky weeps. Estragon tries to dry the servant's tears, but Lucky kicks him away. Estragon then weeps. Pozo philosophizes on this and says that Lucky has taught him all the beautiful things he knows 
but that the fellow has now become unbearable and is driving him mad. Estragon and Vladimir then abused Lucky for mistreating his master. We see here that Vladimir supports Estragon after Estragon is kicked by Lucky. When he cries that he cannot walk, Vladimir offers to carry him. We saw the dependent relationship of Vladimir and Estragon in the first instance and we can see it here also. This illustrates Vladimir's attempt to protect and take care of Estragon. When they hear of Lucky's long-term service to Pozo, he becomes angry with Pozo for mistreating his servant. However, when Pozo gets upset and says that he cannot bear it any longer, Vladimir quickly transfers his anger to Lucky, whom he reproaches for mistreating his master after so many years. This simply shows how Vladimir's opinion can be easily swayed by a change in circumstances. We can see that Vladimir and Estragon represent all of humanity. Vladimir and Estragon are of the same species as he is, made in God's image. They are all human beings. Later, when Pozo asks Estragon what his name is, he replies Adam. So, we can say that he represents all of mankind. It also refers to then Godot as God himself. The next scene, Pozo breaks into a monologue on the twilight, alternating between the lyrical and the commonplace, and ending with the bitter thought that everything happens in the world when one is least prepared. He decides to reward Estragon and Vladimir for praising him by making Lucky entertain them. Lucky executes a fable dance that Estragon mocks but fails to imitate. Estragon states that there have been no arrivals, no departures and no action, and that everything is terrible. Pozo next decides that Lucky should think for them. For this, Vladimir replaces Lucky's derby hat. Lucky's thoughts are an incoherent flood of words resembling a dissertation on the possible goodness of God, the tortures of hellfire, the prevalence of sport and the vacuity of suburbs. The words desperately upset Lucky's listeners who attack him and silence him by seizing his hat. Having restored Lucky to his position as a carrier, Pozo and the Tramps say many farewells before Pozo and Lucky finally leave. A boy comes in. The boy calls to Vladimir and Estragon. He brings a message from Godo. He is the only character who comes alone, who will come the next evening. Godo will come the next evening. The boy say, God heard, says that Godo is kind to him, but he beats the boy's brother, a shepherd. Vladimir asks the boy to tell Godo only that he has seen them. By the time boy leaves, night has fallen. Estragon decides to abandon his boots to someone else. Vladimir protests and Estragon says that Christ went barefoot. Once again, they consider and reject the idea of separating. They decide to leave for the night, but they stay where they are. This is how both the acts end. They decide they should do something, but in fact they don't do anything. The immobility is the action in both the end of the scene. The next scene, which happens in the following evening, the boots are still there and the tree has grown some leaves. So the tree was bare in the first act, but it has grown some leaves. The tramps have spent the night separately. Vladimir returns first. 
when Estragon comes back, he says that he has been beaten again. And Vladimir feels that he could have prevented such cruelty. Vladimir begins to talk of the previous day, but Estragon can remember nothing about it except for his being kicked. They are then overwhelmed by the thought of the whispering voices of the dead around them. They try to break their silence but succeed only in part. By great effort, Estragon recalls that he and the others spent the previous day chattering inanities, silly things. He reflects that they have spent 50 years of doing no more than that. This, is, this could be very well the story, the discussion of the meaninglessness of life that seems to be the main characteristics of the characters in the play. Estragon's repetition shows the repetition of the play itself. They discover that the boots left behind by Estragon have been exchanged for another old pair. After finding Lucky's hat, which assures them that they have returned to the right place, they start a wild exchange of that hat and their two hats, shifting them from hand to hand. Finally, Vladimir keeps Lucky's hat and Estragon keeps his own. Once more, Estragon decides to leave. To distract him, Vladimir suggests that they, they play Pozo and Lucky. Puzzled, Estragon leaves, but he returns almost immediately because some people are coming. Vladimir is jubilant. He is very happy because he thinks it is Godo who is arriving. But it is actually Lucky who is entering with Pozo. But Pozo is now blind and Lucky is now mute. Lucky falls and drags Pozo down with him. Pozo cries for help and Vladimir passionately wishes to act while he has opportunity to do one good thing as a member of the human race, a species that appalls him. Pozo is terrified and Vladimir also falls in his attempt to raise him. Estragon falls too while trying to lift Vladimir. As Estragon and Vladimir fight and argue on the ground, they call Pozo, Cain and Abel. When he responds to both names, they conclude that he is all of humanity. Suddenly, they get up without difficulty. Remember how we started with Adam. Now, he has reached his sons, Cain and Abel. Pozo prepares to leave, but Vladimir wants Lucky to sing first. Pozo explains that Lucky is dumb. Estragon and Vladimir want to know when he was afflicted, and Pozo, angry, says that all their lives are merely momentary and time does not matter. He leaves with Lucky. When Estragon sleeps, the boy enters to say that Godot will come, not that night, but the next. The message for Godot is that the boy has seen Vladimir. The boy leaves and Estragon awakes. He immediately wants to leave, but Vladimir insists that they cannot go far because they must return the next night in order to wait for Godot, who will punish them if they do not wait. At the end of the play, Estragon and Vladimir remark that the only the tree in the landscape is alive and they consider hanging themselves again, uh, trying to commit suicide on that tree. Instead, they decide that if Godot does not come to save them the next night, they will hang themselves. At last, these, these two tramps decide to go, but again, they remain immobile, they do not act. If you compare the first two acts, in the act fun, Vladimir optimistically and Estragon cynically wait for Godot. 
Pozo and Lucky tied to each other with a long rope arrive instead. Instead of Godo, it is Pozo and Lucky who arrives. And their tying up physically is also a tying up of their relationship. One that is dependent. Pozo denies he is Godo. Pozo we can see is gregarious, pompous and formidable. Lucky is anyway a degenerate slave, completely submissive. He is devoid of human expression, he is pitiful and he cannot speak unless Pozo asks him to. But uh, they have heard, heard this before and when the boy arrives to say that Godo will come only tomorrow, they are frustrated, they decide to leave. When the curtain falls, the trams do not move. In second act, there are some changes. The tree has sprouted a few leaves. Pozo is blind. Lucky is dumb. The Moi messenger claims he is not the same boy who appeared yesterday. And Vladimir's optimism is shattered. He is now reeling under the weight of the hopelessness of the situation. And Estragon, who was cynic at the very first act, his, his cynicism is confirmed. He thinks that Godo will never arrive. We know that the two characters Vladimir and Estragon are bored, but their boredom is stopped when Pozo and Lucky arrive, their special kind of relationship. Pozo and his manservant Lucky, who is attached to Pozo's body with a rope. Even though Lucky is said to be mute, he will suddenly deliver himself toward the end of Act 1 of a learned but incomprehensible monologue recalls the, a computer gone berserk. There is a repeated dialogue in the play called Nothing to be done. Nothing to be done. That is what Estragon starts his uh, dialogue with and he keeps on repeating it which is also a symbol of what the play is all about. There is no action, there is nothing happening, nothing has to be done. Now let us look at the various themes in the play. We can start with the various themes of Christianity. Starting with the very title of Godo. Godo could be referred to as God. And human beings are waiting for an unarriving God. They are waiting for salvation. The two characters. Human beings are waiting for salvation. And the two characters are waiting for salvation. Estragon compares himself to Christ. The gospel is invoked. Estragon calls himself Adam. Later, Cain and Abel are being called by Estragon, Pozo and Lucky. Pozo is Abel, Lucky is Cain. And the tree can be the tree of life. 
the tree as you know is a prominent christian symbol from the very uh, genesis itself and these are the various christian themes uh, in the play obviously the most important theme in the play is the existentialist human condition that people seem to be bereft of meaning human life seems to be bereft of any meaning we are uh, we do not understand what is the meaning of life so these two characters are staying in one place waiting for something which does not arrive but still keep on waiting they want to do something but they do not do anything so these two characters represents the human condition especially in the 20th century we can also look at a friendship or relationship as a theme in the play because two set of characters appear in pairs vladimir and estragon who have a, a friendship one kind of a dependent friendship we can say estragon is kind of not very brilliant not very bright and it is vladimir who always helps him vladimir helps him always and the other two characters pozo and lucky they represent a master slave relationship in the first act but the master is also dependent on the slave which is more clearly enunciated in the second act of the play where pozo cannot even move without the help of uh, lucky so these two pair of two characters are an interesting set of relationships in the play at the end of the play we are left with what we started with vladimir and estragon waiting on the stage waiting for godo unsure if godo will arrive they want to do something but then again nothing to be done that is how the play ends